Hey everyone, uh, Christian here with what is the last bonus content of our hiatus. Uh, based on download numbers, seems like you guys really enjoyed the pilot of Taking Initiative. Uh, that was the D&D podcast that our editor Josh DMs. Uh, so I want to remind you that their next episode is out tomorrow, Monday, March 6th. So if you enjoyed their pilot, make sure you are subscribed to their feed. Now, if you still can't get enough D&D after that, you might check out You Meet in a Tavern. Uh, we don't have any affiliation with these guys. They're just nice enough to shout us out on their show, so we wanted to say thanks to them. Uh, it is a 5th edition actual play starring a halfling monk with a Napoleon complex, an honorable human paladin with an arsenal of horrible impressions, and an animal-loving half-elf druid whose bonds are covalent and mortgage-backed. Uh, follow them on iTunes or follow at YMIA Tavern on Twitter. That's you meet in a tavern because every good story starts in a bar. And then, and then, because our friends really do keep busy, uh, Greg, who plays Yellowing, has just launched a podcast of his own. It's not a D&D podcast, but I still think there will be a lot of overlap with our fans. Um, it's a really cool concept, and I'm going to let Greg himself introduce you to the show, uh, and then we're going to play the pilot for you today. And then you'll hear from us one week from today on Sunday, March 12th, with the premiere of our second book, okay? All right, we will see you then, and here's Greg Schultz to introduce the pilot of Left Trigger, Right Trigger. Hello there, once and future nerd listeners. This is Greg Schultz, normally the voice of Yellowine and other uh, smaller parts. Uh, I'm coming here to talk to you today about a, a podcast I've been working on with some close friends of mine uh, called Left Trigger, Right Trigger. It is a what we're calling a video game book club. Basically, we pick a topic and then each bring a game that we think best represents it and then discuss the merits and qualifications and we yell at each other and it's all a good time and hopefully kind of funny. Anyway, we're uh, coming out every other Tuesday. We just recently debuted, and Christian and Zach have been kind enough to let us play our first episode here for you. So, without much further ado, uh, here is the episode. Hope you enjoy. Count it down for the intro, Dave. Yeah, hold on. I'm just looking at the. I'm making sure all my windows are Dave. set up. I thought you had a Mac. Mm. Do I? Surprise. Solid. <laughs> uh, All right, you guys ready? Skeet, skeet. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> uh, three, two, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cold open. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Left Trigger, Right Trigger, your video game book club. I'm your hypnotic skiing instructor, David Flam. Oh, I, I'm Colin DeMattis. I am your second place trophy. You settled for me. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I'm up? Giovanni Colin. <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to process these intros. They're, they're, <laughs> they're really something this week. Uh, my name's Giovanni Colantonio. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a two terabyte hard drive of a boy. And I'm Greg Schultz. I'm your I'm your land baron, your local land baron. Gross. Well, that's 
That's fantastic. Okay, well, uh, before we get into any of this other nonsense, how is everybody doing? You playing anything cool? You living life? You enjoying this terrible weather outside in New York City? I love this weather. I'm a winter boy. This isn't winter. This is like it's raining. This is this is garbage. Crap. Yeah. I guess I haven't been outside today, but this is also this is city winter. And city winter is where True. the snow doesn't know where to go because there's no soil. But why are we even looking outside yeah. when we could be playing the games? The video games. Because video I, games. I just woke up. Hey, here's here's one game that we've all been playing. A Fire Emblem Heroes. Oh, yeah. That what, is, do guys, what do you guys think that of is that? True. That's I think a, I'm almost done. Are, almost how done far are you it? in the story mode? Or just uh, in general? I think I'm on like the chapter of like World of Shadow, but I think I'm like almost done playing it. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm. I'm hitting that point myself. Uh, I, I I'm just I so stop. I'm just so amazed. I'm just so, well, Colin. What level are your characters? Thirty something. Okay. I got See, I got two yeah, teams. I got an A team and a B what? team. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, is, I on. haven't spent That's any hardcore. money on it. No money has well, been. Has I'm left proud my of wallet you. For this. I'm proud of you for that. They have you, Dave? Moments. You've spent no, money, haven't you? No, I ha- I actually have not spent money. I I as much as I enjoy spending money, and by enjoy I mean have a very compulsive problem spending money <laughs> on mm-hmm. like DLC and cosmetics and stuff for games. When it comes to apps mm-hmm. and mobile games, I actually have a really hard time doing it. Like I I can't find myself able to justify it as much. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, yeah. And I but. mean, it, it would be something if it was a different app. I feel like the Fire Emblem one, like the pricing for it for their currency, is so weird. And it it's seems really like, oh, expensive. It's right. super expensive. Like I, don't, I need more orbs, and there's such a premium on them. Like the we kind of talked about this off of the podcast, but like yeah, the most expensive one. I always look at these free apps and I'm like, oh, sometimes they let you spend like three hundred dollars in one purchase just because they know they're going to get you with that skinner box in there but for 300 (laughs) bucks or like for the maximum amount you can get they usually give you a lot like you get a lot of stuff right this one it goes up to like 75 dollars and you don't get a lot you don't get a lot well i like i i know people i've been told about people who have been spending like 40 dollars like regularly like not just once like a few times just to get those orbs to get more summons because they don't like the characters they got or they're looking for specific characters in the meta you know like how with destiny how if there was (laughs) a new well how you know like (laughs) since we all since we all play destiny and have a problem um Mm -hmm. Whenever Colin there'd be a new meta, oh, Colin, yeah. occasionally he's he escaped. Hey, Colin, yeah. could you, could you just gain a problem, please? Yeah, can you yeah, gain? Let me let me just get back into my strange addiction. Great. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um. Well, whenever there'd be a new meta or something, right, or a new like weapon that everyone would, would, yeah, new hotness. Yeah. Everyone, we'd all jump back in, right, and we'd try. Well, I don't know about yeah. G, but we'd no, all try I, our hardest to mm-hmm. find this thing so we could use it for like that that five minutes. That it was really good before they nerfed it. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be what people are doing with this game too, except that the <sighs> only way to do it because it's all RNG is you have to buy more. Yeah. yeah. Look, here's here's my bottom line about the game is that 
I can't make my characters kiss and make little babies. And to <laughs> me, it's true. just a deal breaker. You know, that is why why summon people from orbs when you can summon them from the inside of your hero themselves. From balls. Yeah, why can't <laughs> yeah. I get them from balls? Right. Summon them from the balls. When you think this about isn't, it, this isn't a fire emblem game, right? Because of because of that. Because there's no mm-hmm. kissing. There's no there's kissing. There's no, there's kissing. no head there's rubbing. People. When you think about it, like. Agashapon is just a womb, anyway. <laughs> That's you what don't know I'm what's going to come out of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could be what you want. So. Yeah, there should oh be there should be like oh, an no. ultrasound when you go into the summoning <laughs> option. You can like put a little thing over the orbs, and it's like this looks like it might be a boy. <laughs> Wait, is that? Oh, look, it's got my, a little sword uh, in there. My brother the other day sent a. <laughs> my brother, my brother's wife is having a baby, and the other day he sent to our um, oh, no. family group i know uh group chat <laughs> just kidding if you're listening uh, but to his to his family to our family text chat he sent a picture of like the ultrasound and everyone was like oh cute and i responded holy jesus and then i said are you familiar with the batman villain clayface and nobody responded <laughs> And I don't know if it's because they didn't know who Clayface was, or or because I'm a complete asshole. I'm probably both. Yeah, little maybe. Call me, little little call me. Oops. Oops. All right. Well, I, anyway, so I assume that in the next Fire Emblem update, they're gonna put a little asterisk next to the Gachapon thing that just says this is a womb. An um, asterisk. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna move. Right. Has anyone else played any other games? Uh, I've been playing Life uh, is Strange. Oh, I saw that. How are you enjoying that game? Really good. I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save talking too in depth about it because I, I, I want to talk about it at some point in an episode because I have that much to say about it. Um, That's fair. It is a really great game. The thing that I really like about it um, is the actual choices that it gives you. I feel like usually in games like that, it, it's usually obvious. Like, oh, well, this is the good option and this is the bad option. Um, and it, it does a really good job at making me sit and go like shit i don't i don't know which to choose and i, I would love to do an episode where our topic one day is choice so i can get how, that a how far um are you into that game uh, i'm episode like five chapter? i'm gonna start today is that are there it's six the last episodes one. or five episodes five there's, there's five, oh yeah. god yeah the fifth episode is really good did you guys speaking of choice did you guys hear that the new mass effect isn't gonna have renegade or paragon i did it? i did Ooh. see that what it, do i don't know instead? I don't know. No, what to it's think just going to be just like our like role playing options. They they wanted to make it more role play rather than just like oh well I want to go the good guy route so I'm going to automatically pick the blue one. They just so didn't. They uh, just didn't want people to be mad when the last game comes out and you have to make the choice of good or bad well, at the end and then it doesn't make a difference which one you pick. I mean, I, from what I could tell, what they were saying was they they wanted people to actually pay attention. <laughs> Okay, that's the options, because um, they felt like people were just blindly picking the red or the blue, depending on if they wanted to be really. That's bad a good really point. Good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I've never played a Mass Effect, but every time I keep hearing about this game, and this is based off of nothing because I know nothing about the series, um, I keep thinking that it sounds like Mass Effect Light. You know that that they put together a like less in depth Mass Effect game, but I'm literally basing that off of nothing. I could. Say, yeah, I, I mean, we'll from see. what I've yeah. seen, I could see that. Like, I haven't been paying as much attention to it as I did with the other games. Um, mm-hmm. 
I really liked the other games. Uh, I'm kind of just like I keep forgetting the game is coming out. Honestly, I feel kind of bad about hectic. that. March is going to be yeah. hectic. Um, yeah. Okay. Is anyone else? I guess speaking of choice, I've been playing um, Oxenfree. Oh man, uh, how is that? I love that game. Like I, w- the trailers. Like when I was on the PlayStation Store and I was looking at it, I was like, "This looks okay." Um, oh, it's pretty nicely reviewed. I should check this out. And I saw that uh, Polygon, it was one of their uh, top games for last year, mm-hmm. um, or at least one to look at. Um, and so mm-hmm. I was like, I own this game. I want to play it. And I've been, for the past couple of days, just kind of blazing through all of my indie games. Nice. Uh, like I, be- I beat Titan Souls. I beat Bound. Uh, I beat Brothers. Um, and now I'm about to beat Oxenfree. Um, wow, good job, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> Um, gotta prepare for that March madness. Uh, um, but Oxenfree is a great game, and I'm also probably gonna want to talk about it in a later episode. Uh, yeah, because it is all about choice, kind of. But the graphics mm. and the story and the music and I like I find myself not wanting to turn it off. Mm-hmm. Except my controller died last night, so I had to turn it off. Shout and um, <laughs> it's. Like, f- to get all the achievements, you technically, I think, have to play through the game three times. Oh, okay. um, Are you going to do it? I think I'm going to do it. Of course he is. No, like... Dave can't th- not that's not that. That's not something I normally do, though. If a, ga- oh. if a game is like, beat the game on hard mode, or, like, you need to play this game, like, five times in order to unlock everything, I don't usually do that. Yeah. But, unless I really like the game. And I actually like this game enough, and I think it is short enough that I'm gonna try it. Nice. I'll have to add that to my add it to my list. Yeah, I I think I think you'd like it. Yeah, I'd, I'd well, check it out. Yeah, I think we we should definitely at some point do an episode where we talk about that a little bit because I'd I'd love to hear you talk about that more. Sure. All right. Yeah. Uh, so does anyone else have anything else they're doing, or should we? I've just been playing a, a new mod in Minecraft where it's it's called Forever Stranded. And oh my it's god! A bunch of you have to maintain your your heat level because you can overheat uh, and you have a thirst. How do you uh, over? That's all oh, I'm gonna okay. say about it. Yeah, you're thirsty for Minecraft. You're basically, Steve. you crash in the <laughs> desert. Oh, okay. And there's a bunch of very like way it turned on super enemies or something like that. So really messed up shit mm-hmm. is around us, and we had to restart. Man, Mine- Minecraft has turned into something that I just don't know what it is. Like, I, yeah. I remember I played it when it yeah. first came out. I think I have it on this. Yep, there it is. It's on this computer. Yeah. And I haven't played it in years. Well, And whenever for... I hear about it now, it sounds insane. Well, it's it's all about the, the mods, like the community-made mods. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, like, so... I thought you were doing that weird magic one. I was. I'm still doing that. That's oh, still okay. there. But we we this new one came out recently, and we wanted to like we got a group of four of us together, and we wanted to play it together. I just I just uh, looked up my Minecraft mod, and there's nothing. Oh, no. So somebody please get on yeah. that. Yeah, Someone jump on, on that, that boat. Yeah. Where you it's, don't actually build anything, you just pretend to. <laughs> you pretend you're not <laughs> building things. It's a it's a VR experience, <laughs> and oh. you have to actually fully mime it out. It's yeah. like people people walk into your area, and you're like, check out my like gigantic castle and there's like nothing it's nothing it's they're just like a, it's yeah just it's cool they're like no 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 this is the new minecraft mod <laughs> it's oh this is such a good I, idea i spent i spent 48 hours building this 
Anyway, <laughs> why don't we get into it? Yeah, All right. Can we talk so, about the things we're here? Yeah, we can talk about. about the things. So um, awesome. every episode here on Left Trigger, Right Trigger, we pick a topic, whether it be from you, our wonderful listeners, whoever you might be, or from our own disgustingly terrible minds. And each of us brings forward a game that we think fits into that topic somehow. And this week's topic is territory. Uh, who's yeah. who's going first? Is it Colin? No, I said I'm not going to go first. Yeah, oh, you're I not said, going first. I said first. I said I would be okay G? with opening it if y'all. Do you just confuse me with Giovanni? Go for so, it. So when we when we decided on territory, I was I was a little a little scared at first because I was like, man, this is just going to be talk about RTSs, you know, or like stuff like Warcraft or Starcraft or whatever, and I'm not going to have anything to say because uh, that's usually not my genre. But then I started thinking about territory-based multiplayer games, which is mm -hmm. a, a game type that I really enjoy. Um, I think we'll probably end up talking about this game more, but, you know, like Destiny, for example, the uh, control mode, I think, is a great mode, uh, and that game type and other games, too. Um, and I was thinking of really inventive, cool territory modes that I really like, and I... I remembered uh, in Tony Hawk Pro Skater, uh, yeah, which is my game perfect. this week, and I think I'm going to say Tony Hawk 3. I think it might be in like all of the original ones, but I don't remember. But I think I spent the most time with 3, so we'll go with that. Um, do you guys remember the graffiti multiplayer mode in that game? Oh, yeah. Vaguely. That was, yeah. That was definitely in 1 also. I, I think one, that's what I'm trying to remember. Yeah, there's a tagging mini game where it's like a oh, red team yeah, and a yeah, blue yeah. team. Yeah. So, so oh, yeah, that was fun. The way this mode works, um, and it was always like my favorite mode in that game and, and probably one of my favorite multiplayer modes ever, is rather than just being like a score attack, which is kind of the generic Tony Hawk multiplayer, you mm -hmm. go around the space, you know, the level, and you do tricks on things. And every time you do a trick on something, it turns your color. You're either red or blue, depending on the player. And you go and you try to tag the most stuff. First of all, it's really shitty graffiti. Uh, you're just painting things red and blue. Uh, yeah. So the, the the name is misleading, but what ends up happening is you can steal people's tags by doing tricks on them, but the you have to do a trick that's worth more points. So as you're going through, the deeper the game goes, the more stuff is tagged, the harder it is to like take other people's stuff. So kind of as it starts out, you're getting a ton of points, you're getting a ton of points, and then it becomes this sort of like, shit, I'm behind, I have to like make some big plays and take some big risks to, to take this person's territory um and i always thought that was just such a fantastic mode because in some of these other modes it's more just about like you go to the space if you stand there long enough it becomes yours or if you protect it long enough it becomes yours and in this there was an element of like you have to work to get that space you know you have to like put the effort in and you have to like focus on that as opposed to like focus on going and just doing little tricks and getting more stuff Right. Um, I mean, you got to do the thing the game was designed for, right? You right. have to skate and do tricks. Yeah. yeah. This was before online play, right? So yeah, this is before. So you're just so you're just like on the couch with someone else, like dead eyes locked, and you're like, yeah. don't don't fucking don't tag that spot. That's mine. Right, and you can't like, like push cheat, them out. You know, away. it's like you can see maybe you can peek and be like, that's how many points they got. But like at the end of the day, you have to execute the move correctly. You know, there's no like it, it's a it's a battle of pure skill, and whoever has the most territory at the end, like legitimately did the best, not just like right. oh, like I kind of cheated and saw where you were. Um, and and I thought I I don't know I I've always loved that mode that game the those games man do you remember the multiplayer modes in those original games they were all very interesting. 
I mean, the original games were great. Like, they were a lot of fun. Yeah. I think there was, if I'm remembering right, I think there was, like, kind of a horse mode where you just, like, oh, yep, yeah. you went mm-hmm. back and forth and you did, like, one trick, you know, and yeah. the person who got the bigger trick, like, won that round and you went until you spelled horse. Um, but, yeah, so I, I wanted to ask you guys, and, Dave, I think this is going to end up tying into your game. Um, Probably. So, so maybe I'll ask this to uh, to Colin and Greg first. Um oh, no. But, no, I mean, just what are some other territory-based multiplayer games that, that you guys really like or modes that you really like? Um, and, like, you know, Greg, I know that in, in Destiny, like, control's kind of your shit. So maybe what appeals to you about a mode like that? Well, I'm going to throw you for a loop because the game that I just thought of, uh, uh-huh. yeah, Destiny's control's my jam just because it's, like, um, it's, what is it? Uh... It's not just about <laughs> killing people. It's about like playing the objective. It's objective based. That's what I'm trying yeah. to think of. Oh, that th- that but... thing that people in shooter games don't do. <laughs> don't play yeah. the objective. Hey, could you just get on the fucking payload? Get on the payload. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, the the game that I just thought of when you were talking about that. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with uh, this game that came out on the PlayStation called uh, Crash Bash? No. Yes. Whoa, no. Yeah, it's a Crash Bandicoot game where it's there's a bunch of little mini games. It's oh, top notch! Is it like their Mario Party? Kind of a little, of-ish. a little bit. Yeah, kind of. Maybe. So does it have a te- like a territory ish mini game in it? Like it has a bunch of mini games that are mostly territory based. Like there's one where you're on ice and on like bumper cars and trying to bump people off the ice. There's one where you're, that was you're in a grid. And you're running sure. around, and you're just painting stuff behind you. It's probably also in Mario Party, and, like, you can overpaint it. Um, there's, like, one where you're, like, bouncing a ball back and forth or something. I don't remember. Um, but it's... And, like, you're shooting at each other. It's... It, I don't know. That I just remember playing the crap out of that game. Yeah. Um, so, That's while cool. you guys were playing Ocarina of Time and... <laughs> and uh, you know, all those other well, I mean, the games. game. <laughs> I was just looking it up. It came out pretty late in the PlayStation yeah. career. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, yeah. This was like released in two thousand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, the follow-up to it was, I believe, Crash Team Racing because they wanted to have. Oh hell no, I yeah! Did play Crash... that. Yeah, which is that is my jam. That CTR is my racing game. Um, yeah. But the yeah, it they wanted to make Crash Bandicoot games with that used the multi tap. And I got a multi-tap to play this game. Wow. My friends. Aww. That's yeah, that was like one of, that was probably the only game, well, one of the few games that actually used a multi-tap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is really making me miss, like, couch multiplayer games. Yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah. Couch co-op. Couch co-op. Couch. Um, Punch in hmm. the face. I was actually, I have to say, when we first thought of this topic, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you guys remember the giant thread that was happening in our chat about like we were were talking a lot about territory yeah about like what makes a territory game right and Mm -hmm. colin just went off um (laughs) yeah i said a lot with all these descriptions and then just kept ending each paragraph with rest in peace dave (laughs) but yeah because i I, I have to read that yeah (laughs) yeah i was late (laughs) to the game um but like a lot of these things i just hadn't it hadn't even crossed my mind for some reason. And one of one of them being like capture the flag or not capture the flag, but like control and like any mm-hmm. shooter game or anything like that that has like a control type mode or an objective uh type mode. 
like getting the payload somewhere and stuff. When you guys, like whenever you guys pick a topic, like territory or something, I always think like the entire game needs to be about that. And that's oh. what it's based off oh. of. But seeing that it definitely, I was definitely, it definitely broadened my horizons, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was really weird to see, but it also made me very upset as Colin saw because it made me realize <laughs> that like literally almost any fucking game could be a territory game. Yeah. Like there's like maybe two that can't. Right. I yeah. Like, oh. I mean there there are obvious ones that aren't. Like, you know, I would say like Mario. <laughs> the original Mario. Well, but just yeah, but Mario Sunshine. Mario's, yeah. 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 See, that's that's something I was thinking. And like about. a lot of a lot of RPGs will have mechanics in them. Like even like Fallout Four had like the settlement uh aspect yep. to it where you had to get and maintain these different areas in the wasteland right but that wasn't yep. really the the Focus. overall point of the game well actually right. so that one ter- it's kind it's of present in a lot of stuff right um yeah. colin did you have any uh multiplayer territory modes that you wanted to shout out uh you don't have yeah. to. Yeah. Oh, I love that game. Yeah. <laughs> is that t- yeah, you're talking about Toe Jam and Earl? Is that the <laughs> Toe Jam and Earl? Oh, Man, I just shit. played that recently and I did not like it. I had never played it before. That's, I didn't say you'd like it. That's fair. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say anything that you guys haven't said already. Like, there's so much multiplayer that is based around controlling territory, moving things from one spot to another. Just any, like, landscape or, um, like, possession and control of space-based game you're going to find in fucking everything. A lot of first-person shooters, even, well, I don't know if someone's going to talk about this, but, uh, like, maybe your uh, Tony Hawk example is very early precursor to like splatoon yeah that's like what that, i'm gonna talk about well yeah i know i i jumped your gun there no it's fine because i'm gonna go on a, a thing about it so uh, yeah should, should i do that now <laughs> if you want are you you're, you're okay okay you're well I'll do, the show, Dave. okay you're so, a grown-ass adult I'm a yeah grown-ass Dave. Man, grown-ass baby man um <laughs> so giant baby man, i got that Dave. diaper money uh i don't though hmm dang well, that's the end of the uh, show. <laughs> uh, so, just like I was saying before, when I was thinking about territory, I kept coming up with all these different games because of that whole discussion we had. Uh, originally, I came up with the idea of what G was saying, like StarCraft and WarCraft and stuff, because those are the games that controlled most of my childhood, most of my high school <laughs> years, because I'm a terrible person, I guess. Um what? But well, <laughs> why are you terrible? Well, well, I like because I never went outside. I guess. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, like, like terrible, I'm, I'm terrible people, like right? interacting like... with other people. I'm a bad person. Oh, no. oh you're you bad at being a human. That. Oh, yes. yeah. That's well, I, yes, I understand. Um, but then Colin made the argument that those games can actually be a lot about resources and less about capturing territory. Which I was telling G, I don't know if that's how I played those games, <laughs> but. I also didn't win all the time. So, right. <laughs> whatever yeah. that says. And when, I, when we were speaking specifically about like Warcraft, I'm only saying that because as someone else who also played a lot of Blizzard games in high school, um, there were many times where you would lose or I would lose an entire fight just because I had chosen to make the wrong units and whoever I was fighting made something that countered them like perfectly. Um, uh, I see. 
usually like the the orcs in warcraft 3 had a really cheap flying unit that could poison people it's like if you get that Mm -hmm. tech and that unit then there's not a lot you can do to counter it and so you would just get uh kind of hit and run until all your forces are destroyed and then they just wipe you out Mm. so it's like yeah and you know a lot of these rts games also have resource management in them so you have to collect certain things you have to collect crystals or trees or gold or whatever the fuck you're you construct, used to build you have to your construct army, additional pylons construct additional pylons all that type of stuff right and there are those resources will be put in like specific locations that can be beneficial to hold but if you're still not managing your resources well then you're still fucked but anyway yep. this is all <laughs> yeah anyway to Dave. So, so i was thinking about those and then you made that argument and i was like i'm gonna change my idea so i decided i was gonna go with splatoon because that's a more recent game that is all about territory capture. But when G mentioned that he was doing Tony Hawk graffiti, I remembered <laughs> Jet Grind Radio, which yeah. is chin, chin. Yeah. one yeah, of my, yeah. and Jet Set Radio Future. But um, that's one of my favorite franchises, uh, because unlike a lot of people in the world, I had a Dreamcast. and I have a Dreamcast! <laughs> oh no 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 no. this is february we can't do that oh come on god damn it (laughs) um but so i was thinking about that and the whole capturing territory with graffiti and what an experience that was and i know it didn't have an extreme multiplayer mode but even when you were playing against Mm -hmm. the computer or playing the story there was still this whole idea of trying to capture territory with your personal style um and i thought that was really cool and i love those games Segway right. personal style into Splatoon, which is a game all about staying fresh and uh, TMTM Nintendo. And Wait, uh, <laughs> Dave, I have a question. Yes. Are you a quit? A squid? Or wow, Craig. Wow, Greg. A quid? Are you, a quid? Are you also a quid? Are you a... a I'm a quad. You're See, a we all knew you were going to say that, and you just fell yeah, out of the Yeah, I didn't think I was going to ask you if you are a piece of uh, British currency. Right. Yeah, we <laughs> yes. were not expecting that. How do you feel that. about Brexit? <laughs> all right, let's, no, let's come move on. on. <laughs> um, Territories, but, including the EU. So what if we, we called this, what okay. if we call this podcast the, the Brexit Club? Yeah, perfect. Anyway, what were you saying, <laughs> We should just We all should have just like walked away after he made that comment. <laughs> but Dave, just 30 minutes we're back. Yeah. Yeah, welcome back to the podcast. Sorry, we all had to step away for a hey, second. Sorry, yeah, we, uh, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a game all about staying fresh, choosing your own style, and then throwing paint over every possible surface you can in a multiplayer battle zone. Um, I don't know. It was a lot. I don't know if, I know, G, you played it a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you two also i have not really um but it was a lot of fun however gee i don't know if you feel the same way Mm -hmm. there were something about it was lacking yeah and i couldn't i can't ever put my finger on it because Uh, like the styles are cool the way you upgrade things is like okay i i think i get this and like the maps are interesting and I, I've seen people play it like kind of professionally and it's like, okay, so the skill level can go up. Mm-hmm. I get that. But whenever I'm playing it, unlike when I'm playing most first person shooter multiplayer things, something about it just doesn't fully feel there. Yeah. Hey, I have a, I have a theory on that. Is it the is murder? It, is, is it, it not the murder? 
is it maybe that you can't play with your goddamn friends? No, see, see, that was that was actually something I was going to bring up, and I think that is a big part of it. But I feel like there's something in the actual like gameplay mechanic okay. that also feels off. Maybe. I mean, I I was gonna say the same thing as Greg actually in a less angry way, uh, but like I I played it a good amount. But the reason that I go and I play games like Destiny or, or Titanfall or whatever is because like playing with friends and being hearing them be like, I just did this crazy thing and like, oh, cool. Um, th- there's like a, I feel more connected to a team in the game yeah, for sure. when I can talk to people. Whereas in Splatoon, I just always kind of feel like I'm solo and that nobody else in the game is even a human player. Um, That's, yeah, there's There's some sort of disconnect. I, I do think as well, it might be a little light on game modes or something like that. Well, I think, so I was just thinking about like with Destiny or... I don't, Titanfall mm-hmm. and stuff like that. When I'm playing, because I do play multiplayer alone, um, yeah, me too. At times, but I, like when I finish uh, a battle, I'll immediately jump right into the next one. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of what makes me do that because it doesn't necessarily make me do that in Splatoon. And it might be the leveling system. Um, yeah, because with Titanfall and Destiny and stuff like that, there's a chance you'll get rewards mm-hmm. at the end of it as well as level yourself up. And in Splatoon, you don't really. Like, you can level yeah. your gear up by winning, or even not winning. Uh, you can level your level up, and that eventually might unlock some certain things, like in the store. But mm. for the most part, you don't really get anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Is there not really much progression? Because, like, that's something in, in both Destiny and like you were saying in, in Destiny and Titanfall. Titanfall just gives you something almost every single time. Like, yeah, like Destiny I, I, has bounties I, and quests. So. I guess I don't feel any different being level one versus being like level twenty. Yeah, I agree. like besides the people I who I might get matched up against mm-hmm. being also similar to my level mm-hmm. uh, in terms of gear I'm using, uh, in terms of like the levels, in terms of any of that stuff, it uh, it feels like it doesn't change. And I know that, like, it it does kind of, like, there are better weapons you can unlock. Obviously, when you get more money by playing, then you can buy certain things, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it's still, like, the gameplay itself, I don't feel better. Yeah. Like, I don't feel yeah. like I'm a better player by getting to that point. It doesn't it doesn't feel fill the void in your soul. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, that's how I would put it, actually. Um but I guess so. In other news, though, Splatoon Two is going to be coming out this year, sometime summer, later this year. Question summer, mark. yeah. Um, oh, but we they, the we were talking about this earlier. They announced, I think, yesterday, um, that on March twenty fourth through twenty sixth, which is some weekend at the end of March, they are going to be having a Splatoon Two test fire, which means oh, that uh, for those three days, for certain times. Um, looks like, hold on, I'm reading the details. So well, it looks I, like there, there's a, the... f- a few hours yeah. during each day. Uh, yeah. they're going, you're going to be able to play Splatoon 2. There's going to be a free demo if you own a Switch. Yeah, that's the same thing they did uh, for Splatoon 1's yep, right. Fire, which is the only time I really played the game. Right, so. but with Splatoon 2, they are going to have, in theory, the ability to actually talk to your friends, and I think there's mm-hmm. going to be matchmaking and stuff like that. So, in theory all these issues that I have with the game might be fixed with Splatoon 2. And if that's the case, then I will play this game a lot because I, I played Splatoon a lot, even though I had these issues with it mm-hmm. and no one was playing with me. But if I can get friends to play it with me 
or even just randos that I can talk to. And like, <laughs> uh, like I'm looking at screenshots and stuff of it and it looks very hip. I don't yeah. know. Like I, I would play this game. I'm you really got excited. That squid for it. style. In uh, there. I got what that I, squid style. What I, yeah. what I love about the, especially the turf war mode, which I guess is like the main territory the main mode, mode. When I think yeah. about it, um, the thing that I really like about it is it's a mode in which like you always feel like you're participating. Even if you're not very good at the game, if you, if you find a spot that is other people, other the other team's ink, you can cover it up, and you've just contributed to the game. Um, and in that sense, I think it's it's a really smart multiplayer mode. It's it's a really rewarding multiplayer mode. At the same time, though, you feel you also can feel very upset when playing it because I mean I've watched people do this a lot, and I've also done it a lot. But like you'll be plowing through, and you'll think mm-hmm. like I'm doing so good, right? Yeah. And then you look at the map, <laughs> and you're like. Wait, like most of this map is not ours. What is the rest of my team doing? So that's that's what I was gonna say. So as as much as that's like an ingenious part of it, um, because and I again I I do put a lot of this on like lack a lack of communication with your team. Uh, to me, there's never a sense of like, oh, we're working together to do a thing. It's always just like I'm over here doing my own thing, and then I look at the map and you know nobody's really doing anything or everyone's getting squashed on the other side of the map or whatever yeah like if if you could have the ability to be like hey friend whatever your name is um like i see you have your ultimate like your missile thing right that covers like one area in paint shoot it over like in the top right corner yeah like but but you don't have that ability to do that so exactly. instead they're like i'm going to shoot it directly in the middle which, like, is already, like, there's other players there, but, like, we already own most of that space. It's yep. like, no, don't is do that. no communication between, th- like, because I'm thinking of Overwatch where you have this, the, the small commands. There are, like, yeah, there I are. I have um, my ultimate things. ready, there, and then you can, like, look out for that guy using it. Yeah, but, there are there are little quotes, like, there's come on, or, like, over here. Um, yeah, which I think, in, I think, I think like they said. Up. I don't know. They said mm-hmm. in two that they're changing come on because. Yep. Because it, it was so sh- it was so shitty. I mean, people would just be like, you'd be losing, and everyone in your team would be like, come on, come, come on. on, you know. And it's like, I don't come on where, yeah. yeah. Like, what do you want well, me to do? You're just standing there. Well, I always read it as them being passive aggressive, like, or not passive aggressive, just aggressive, like, come on, guys, what are you doing? And I'm well, like, that's like, that's the thing. They'd, that's what I would feel that scream. way too. But then I'd be like, you're literally just standing in our base. You go fucking do something. Yeah. Also, you're like, playing I haven't a, seen you play this whole game. You're playing a color colorful squid game (laughs) yeah like get out of here but again but again i have seen people almost like professionally play this game and this is it is interesting to me that and i'm really happy for them that this is sort of nintendo's shooter Mm -hmm. um because i did feel that they Mm -hmm. needed one yeah yeah and i think it's a very uh like fresh ip like (laughs) fresh yeah you gotta stay fresh. Oops. Like I think it's got, like when they came out with this game, I was like, "This looks like a really good thing for Nintendo," and mm-hmm. I still think it's a really good thing for them. Yeah, I'd agree for sure. Anyway, yeah. I, I mean, I, maybe the lesson there is that people will just find a way to be dicks in multiplayer games, regardless <laughs> of whether they can actually communicate. They will, true, for sure. Yeah. Every, someone's gonna get mad every time. Uh someone's gonna be a dick every time. And if that's not the case, then I don't know. You're not playing real gamers or something like. Right. You're not a real gamer if you're <laughs> not having someone scream at you about how they're. You're not a real gamer if you're not shit. having either someone scream at you with a crying baby in the background or <laughs> uh, a like 10 year old child 
screaming. Yeah, real gamers yell at children. <laughs> no, real gamers are ten-year-old children screaming. Yeah, fuck you, kids. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's that's the new slogan of this podcast. Left, tr- left trigger, right trigger. Left trigger. Fuck you, fuck kids. Fuck you, kids. kids. See you in hell, infants. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should move on to another game now. Um, yeah, can okay. I go? Someone, someone take this. Yeah, yeah. take go it. Ahead, go cool. On. So when we were talking about territory, I know that like this is probably the one we've discussed the most beforehand. And we were talking about like, oh, how would you implement territory from a gameplay perspective or as a game mechanic and all these different ways that like even a lot of folk games like actual games you play in meat space in the real world have territory (laughs) mechanics to them like capture the flag or fucking football american football hand egg you you play that one and it's about controlling territory and shit like that or like chess and all the shit everywhere can be a territory game just real quick, hand yes. dag? Yeah, hand that's... egg. Hand, hand egg. Hand egg. Hand egg. Okay, hand I'm sorry. Egg, yes. I, heard, I heard hand dag, like the beginning of dagger. Yeah, hand and I was dag. Like, what is that? Like, no, uh, dag, wasn't that like a series about a guy who's defending the president? Was it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. It I was. Think so. Yeah, I hand dag. That. It's uh, basically you have to, the president is a giant hand. Which is ironic uh, now, I, like I guess. That. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. Um, but even though we were talking about all these gameplay mechanics, I also decided to go a completely different way and abandon all of our good discussion. That's cool. Um, because I also realized that you can have territory not just as a mechanic, but as a theme in a lot of games, like part of the narrative, part of the story that goes into a game. And whether you're looking at a game or any other piece of media for that matter, there's a lot of instances where the plot will revolve around, you know, someone invading somewhere else, someone trying to hold on to uh, their space, their homeland, their home, you know, any that it's kind of a, an easy way to develop conflict, regardless of how you're creating your media. Uh, and so the game that I wanted to talk about is Of Orcs and Men. And Of Orcs and Men, it's by uh, Cyanide Studios, and I think co-developed with Spiders. I'm not sure. Yes. Like it was developed by spiders. Yeah. (laughs) Actual spiders. Spinning that web. Eight legs. uh, Spoiler for literally every adventure game. Because there's a spider boss in every adventure game. There's always a spider in it. But so Of Works and Men is, um, from a gameplay perspective, does not have much to do with controlling territory. Essentially, it's you're taking two characters. One is a giant orc. They're both just disgusting, by the way. They're just gross. They look really <laughs> ugly, in but like that's their aesthetic. They're, gonna, they're gross wait, because one's an orc and up. one's a goblin. What is it? Right, of orcs and men. Colin of orcs and I, men. That's, yes. I sorry, not to not to cut you off right there. Uh, this uh-huh. is a quick digression. Uh, but when I, I looked up a gameplay video of this when you were going, and literally the only thing I had to say because I don't I didn't know this game was man, this game's got hot orcs. <laughs> <laughs> So now, now don't I feel dumb? Yeah, wait, really? Because I'm definitely looking at screenshots right now and going like, these are some grisly looking. Ah, uh. oh, uh, there's some. Yeah, they're they're handsome boys. Well, well, I mean, yeah, well, I guess okay, sure. I'll give you. They're beefy just muscles, they're, but like, yeah, they're beefy, they're just beefy, and they do well, have one nips. Beefy. Their nips are out there. Yeah. All Sorry, go on. I'll I'll, I'll it's just okay. quietly. They, they, just they like, look they look fairly nippleless to me. Well, like they're there. Shots. You just gotta get that 4K. <laughs> so you can gotta get that get that uh, high res, high def PlayStation. Orc nips. Should I Google of orcs and nipples? 
Yes, you should. Oh, I'm um, doing but it. But anyway, too. so the story is about taking an orc and a goblin. Oh, don't do that. The orc- Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, of orcs and nipples. It's happening. Oh boy. Con, dude, um, just kidding. It's not that. Why is Darth Maul wow. here? Wow. I'm gonna get back. To, I'm gonna Maul get back to this point at the end. But go through yours, and then at the end of this section, I'll. Yeah. There's just a picture of Orlando Bloom, you know, works <laughs> really? and nipples. Oh, see, I, to, I just get a lot of pictures of. I see Darth Maul. Mm, I don't understand. Anyway, hmm. sorry. So in the works and men, you take Arkale and Sticks, the orc and the goblin, and. You oh, no, you're right. There he is. Guide both of them, and the gameplay is based around switching back and forth between these two characters. So, as you could guess, the orc is beefy and tanky and likes to get up in the middle of shit, and the goblin is more ranged and super frail, can do more damage, but can't take any damage, really. Um, but the reason I want to talk about it is because the entire narrative of the story has to do with uh, the orcs defending their territory, their homeland. Right. Which there's another point to be made about how, like, a lot of times you'll use a different fantasy race to stand in for an actual, like, human race in some ways. Uh, And there are limits for some reason to what games can talk about when it comes to, like, actual real world, like, infringing on indigenous people's rights or racism in general. That's that's kind of been changing recently. It has been. Like, there there are a lot of war games out now that are about people of color or different minorities and how they've had to struggle. Like actual human things. beings. Like actual yeah. humans and not like, oh, let's, re- let's represent our, our tribes as orcs, which is what they do in this game. Um, but basically, so the plot, just to quickly sum up, is about how the human empire is infringing on these orcs. They want to subjugate and enslave all the orcs. They want to take over their lands and exploit it. So it's very much like a... Uh, an anti kind of warcraft yeah and i want to talk about that a little bit too but uh it's like an anti-imperialist orc uh narrative and the plot is you're trying to go and kill the emperor you're trying to kill the leader of the human empire so that you can you know stop this war or at least give your people a better fighting chance and Hmm. all that good stuff uh there's also like character development it's very character driven so Arkale the orc has this whole plot line where he goes berserk and you get to develop his character to either embrace going berserk or help him try and control it oh, that's and then cool. the yeah, yeah the goblin uh sticks he can either uh be his arc is kind of less interesting because he's already a, a pre-established character and um Wait. he gets two spin-off games yeah, I was gonna say after this. I I just realized I have a spinoff game for him. I didn't realize it was yeah. the same character. He looks. It's the same character, and this was the first time he was introduced. But uh, oh. you find out over the course of the game that like he's uh, I guess spoilers for this five year old game, um, but he's like over a hundred years old and the father of all goblins everywhere, uh, and he doesn't re- he doesn't remember it. So he has like an amnesia plotline. Um, But he can either become like a real, he can get better at doing stealth or he can remember that he used to be a sorcerer and uncover some of his old magical powers and shit like that. But yeah, so what I wanted to ask you guys is, can you think of other games or instances where they tie this type of narrative about invasion or protection or dealing with like anything having to do with uh defending a homeland or something of that type that also might include some more territory 
control mechanics as well. And if so, what are they? Mm. Who's the other answer to this question? Um, there was a Final Fantasy game that had like a mini game in it that for whatever reason I'm recalling right now. I can't mm-hmm. remember if it was 7, 8, or 10. It's one of those three. <laughs> so, you know, just a small game to <laughs> kind of dig yeah. through. Um, but where there was like people trying to invade coming up a mountain and it turned into this mini game like top down where you had to send units to different spots to protect that route uh, before they got to the top or something like that. And that <laughs> had was very story driven of like you need to pr- try to protect this this like tribe or something that uh-huh. this the government's coming to invade it um and yeah and it was all of a sudden just a different game than the rest of the game um but uh i guess that is what i would think of first yeah do you think that uh some of these games could fall into some of that that good phrase that we all love the luna burbs um <laughs> what i'm sorry let me try that again you want to try that one again doing the gab biscuit faces i'm still uh, i'm still a little uh, uh, okay. get the first half yeah, it's uh it's a uh, little narrative dissonance oh, oh okay oh. <laughs> can i get the second half again <laughs> <laughs> you know that really pretentious thing that people were throwing around for a while where it's like oh it's little narrative dissonance look at this you know, the gameplay doesn't match the narrative or there's some uh, type of yeah. tension I, mm. between what you're doing and what the game is telling you you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, that uh, oh, what was the game that recent? I guess like that's kind of Bioshock 2, but that's not territorial. Right. Or, yeah, I mean, some of like, the classic examples you gotta go are save like people, but you're killing them. Right. Like, so the classic one of them is like um, uh the uncharted series where it's like, Oh, I'm gonna, I gotta get all this treasure and save all these people. And then you just murder hundreds yeah. of people. In the course yeah. of trying to get tre- I'm sorry. And I said Bioshock too. No repercussions. You're just, you're just a murder. But anyway, so uh, I just wanted to throw that word out there because I thought it would be fun to fuck around with. <laughs> <laughs> but also like, do you feel like, uh, I don't know. Is there a narrative to, to Splatoon? There's like octopus. No, that's there, a different... There's a story mode. I'm thinking oh, of story. Deblob. There, there, there is oh, a story mode. we should have mode. talked about the oh, Deblob. I'm saving Deblob for okay. actually okay. an episode. Wait, hold on. The biggest part of that that uses that word that I'm not going to try or else it will sound like the first time you said it uh, is is the division. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know where you're trying to save New York and you just end up killing a bunch of people in uh, New York? That's okay, though, because they just respawn back exactly the same and stronger. Yeah. I can't stand that that game. I know there's like a dark zone in the division too. There is like ugh, it's like kind of multiplayer. Yeah, for PvP shit. I forgot about that game. PvPv. I wish I had forgotten about that game. No, like, listen, I I I don't like saying this. I platinum to that game, right? Mm -hmm. So I I played it long enough. And I don't think it must not have been that hard, if I remember. No, like I I, was not platinum. It wasn't that difficult. Yeah. But, like, we played it long enough to do it, right? And then we stopped and then just forgot about it. Well, because it had, like, a good <laughs> single... It had a decent single player for the first, like, two-thirds, and then you realize that you're doing the same loops again, which is just you, this agent of the government who's supposed to go in and save all these people, are just running around Manhattan murdering people because they look wrong. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. it. And, like... <laughs> and you... The, and in the story, it's like... 
you're stopping these rival gangs and like you go through it and you're like, yeah, I'm stopping the presence of these rival gangs. But then like as you go through, there's even more enemies all around. Like even though yeah, like the gangs are like, even bigger, the story just like had no consequence because they were like there was no consequence of your actions. You know, there was no reward for doing it. It was just like I'm here to save the city, but it just gets worse. Like I that game is built wrong. I feel like yep. the I know I talk about loot systems and stuff too much, but like one of my beefs with that game was again the loot system because not because of drop rate or anything, like that was okay, but all the guns felt the same to me. I completely agree. They just like, shot I, bigger like numbers. Like they'd be like, here's the exotic version of this, but there's also a second exotic version. Which one do you want? Like they look the same they're the same fucking gun, was- guys. <laughs> I don't know. Or, one is like off purple and one is bright purple. <laughs> Who gives a crap? I swear to that, God. Like everyone looked the same, basically. Yep. It, there was there was very you were all just some varying difference between brown and gray. Oh look, here's here's bearded guy with a scarf on his mouth. Here's bearded guy with the scarf off his mouth. Which one is? And here's another one with aviators. What? Yeah. Oh, yo, yo, dude, where'd you get those sick aviators? Oh, listen, I got those Indeed. aviators. <laughs> I, um, I feel like I gotta, go, I gotta go grind for those aviators. I feel like we could talk about this all day, but yeah. yeah let anyway. me uh, let me just say I want to wrap up on this talk about orcs and men and all this this good shit. Um, the last point I wanted to make was about like when it comes to game narratives, sometimes or a lot of times, and specifically again to go back to Warcraft three and that story, the entire orc storyline. They start out in fucking internment camps. Uh, and their story is about, you know, uncovering their their new homeland in this world that they have invaded in the past. Like the whole the Blizzard's uh, Warcraft plotline is really weird. I don't know if any of you guys saw the Warcraft movie. I, I was going to ask yeah. if anyone saw that movie. Mm-hmm. I saw it. So statistically, I live in China. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> right. And yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it it's like this the plot of the background of the first game. I don't know. It, yeah. it was they, they throw a lot of characters at you, but basically it's an invasion plotline, and the orcs are the invaders, and then they invade, and then they become subjugated for you know over the course of three games, they kind of fall from being like beefy demon powered monsters into actual regular characters, and then they have to find their new place where they can live in peace, right? Uh, so it's an interesting. Oh god, interesting. It's a uh, uh, not a unique plot, but it's one that I find kind of compelling in mm-hmm. some ways. Like there's a lot of Blizzard does all this different like some characters rise, some characters fall. It's really kind of like a soap opera in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but Oh, uh, for sure. Know, I fucking yeah. like it. I'm into it. I'll oh watch yeah, no, a soap it's opera. Great. Yeah. Let me see some of that shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just something to watch out for is like this type of territory and invasion plotline it also reminds me real fast of like the dynasty warriors games sure oh yeah uh because yeah because the plot of those usually has to do with like warring it's well yeah it is the unification of china and Mm -hmm. (laughs) the Mm -hmm. the type of uh battles and recounting the battles all the characters in it are historical figures and uh yeah not a not a lot of people like those games uh i i came to i think it's because they're tough honestly i well, okay. When I was younger and I played Dynasty Warriors, I had a hard time with them because I couldn't handle having that many enemies like on my screen. I don't think my system could handle it either. Her, her, her. Well, yeah, a lot of them would just pop in out of nowhere. Yeah, but I just like I couldn't 
handle having to fight all those things and then not having my allies actually help me in any way and all that nonsense. And then when I played Hyrule Warriors, I I felt a bit of the same, but I got bored faster. Really? I'm still playing Hyrule Warriors. I know you are. I think think the thing I realized was I think if I played the 3DS version, I would like it more Mm -hmm. because to me it felt like something I would want to open up occasionally and keep fighting versus sitting down on my couch and like spending long periods of time trying to plow through enemies. I'm going to, I'm going to add, I'm going to add excess to our uh, list of possible topics for episodes uh, because I have a lot Mm. to say about this. Uh, I don't want to go too much into it right now. um, But I think I think there's a bigger discussion here. Uh, one thing I do just want to drop in here as as a quick button to this segment is uh, my my results for of orcs and nipples. Um, oh, perfect! The best result on here is it, this is from a Shadowrun forum. The uh, the title of the thread is a scholarly discussion on the quantity of orc nipples. And uh, it mm-hmm. says, orcs have six or eight nipples. This is the simplest approach, as almost all mammals mm-hmm. have half a ratio of litter size to nipples. So, say wait, say uh, that one more time. Orcs have litters now? They have a ratio of litter size to nipples. So, like, they're like, so how they have litters dogs now. have litters and yeah. cats have litters. Yeah. Anyways, just, just wanted to put that out there. Uh, so, cool. uh, the, by the way, the next result under that is, first look at Warcraft film features beefcake orc nipples. Fuck yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. There I'm it is. I'm excited for the sequel. All right. Greg, All right, I'm going to pull you guys away yeah, from Yeah, why don't, why don't you close this out? You can't pull uh, me away from nipples, Greg. <laughs> All right, well, you other two guys. Like a baby. Dave and G, eyes on me. On, well, on Greg's eyes. I haven't seen this in the search. My eyes too. are on something else, but yeah. Okay, anyway. Um, so the game I'm going to talk about is uh, is called Carcassonne, uh, which, Carcassonne. Came out, Carcassonne. <laughs> yeah. which came out in uh, 2007 for the Xbox 360 and uh, later came out for the Windows Phone. Well, okay, but really, Greg, I'm going to be on. This talking the, about the board game. <laughs> this is the video game adaptation of the board game, Carcassonne. Yes, which which actually the, the video game actually mirrors the gameplay of the board game pretty closely. And really what I'm going to talk about, be talking about is gameplay. Mm-hmm. Just because I think this game does a really good job of boiling down a territory-based objective into very simple mechanics. So instead of having a, an RTS where you're maintaining locations and units and trying to counteract their attacks and everything, in this game, what you do on your turn is you draw a tile and then you place it somewhere. So in the game yeah. Carcassonne, the point of it is to actually take control over certain points of land. So you can take roads, you can take uh, farms, you can take cities, you can take chapels, I believe, or monasteries. Mm-hmm. The way that you do that is you, when you place a tile, you can also place one of your little duders. I can't remember what they're called, but um, Mom, muffins, a, a yeah. follower, Mo- or meeple. meeple. It's a meeple. Um, meeple. Your meeple. Yeah. Sounds a lot like meeple, Greg. <laughs> Does. Uh, can you just look up orc meeple real quick for me? Fuck yeah, I can um, do that. I'll check in with you in a second. Um, <laughs> Orcs and meeples. Yeah. So it, it's just it, it's something that when I first played it, really like was striking to me how how simple a gameplay decision could could like cascade into affecting everyone else because you don't know what tile you're going to draw and then when you draw it there's only a few places like later in the game there's only a few places where you can put it and it'll have huge effects on it but early on it doesn't so much so it very much scales through the entire game to uh become these more grandiose moves but what you're actually doing hasn't changed so I, I, I thought that was something cool, and I didn't know if you guys 
I, I think I've played with Colin and G before, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, and, we, we've played that. Yeah. And Dave, I don't know if you have experience with it, but um, I do not. I, I want. I wanted to ask you guys if you could think of another example of simple territory. But first, Colin, could you tell me what those search results were? Well, they're not great. I'm trying to get ah. more explicit. I did my final search. I landed on was full frontal orc meeples triple X. <laughs> And All right, that, it's that just promising. Porn. Although oh. it's this Lord of the Rings nightmare deck. Mm. Ooh, one of them has tentacles. So watch her in the water. Oh boy, nice. So other games, yeah. anyway. other games that have simple like like simple territory mechanics, I guess. Um, or territory games with simple mechanics. Ah, uh, because as we talked about, Colin like posted this huge list of different things that lots of games can be considered territory, but just to boil it down. Uh, to something much more simple. Um, I guess. I, you know, I'll throw Star Fox Guard into the mix. Um, Star Fox Guard. What? Yeah, Star Fox Guard was the uh, game that came with Star Fox Zero. It was kind of like Miyamoto's like cast off project that he just branded with Star Fox. Um, oh my! Oh wait, I, and, this was the tower defense yeah so it's a tower defense game you have like this base you have to protect and the way you do it is you put security cameras around it um and the game oh, so had... five nights at freddy's yeah it's it, this <laughs> this is a five nights at freddy's game it's, it's a hor- star fox horror game it's a star fox it's a star fox because scary. It's, it's the darkest it's the darkest timeline star fox horror game. anyways but the mechanic is really cool it's just like the only thing you can see is based off of where your cameras are set and you use the gamepad to switch from camera to camera and just like shoot and it you know the shooting is really simple there's nothing really complicated you can get like an upgraded camera or two in there but otherwise it's just based off of like set up a good view of this land that you're protecting and mm-hmm. and actually like manage it through that it's it's i always thought it was actually a surprisingly really cool game that that didn't quite get talked about too much because it's not super great, but uh, its use of the gamepad especially and, and the two-screen mechanic was surprisingly great. But I, I think that has a really smart territory mechanic to it. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. interesting, Greg, because I think this is the only game, or Carcassonne is the only game that's literally about land management and uh, creating land and then controlling that land in like the most straightforward way possible. Literally yeah. just building land as you go. I... Uh, <sighs> One of the things I like about it is that it has almost the it can feel like a Catan or Puerto Rico. I was going to say complicated Catan. games, mm-hmm. but they are. But what you're doing is so much simpler mm-hmm. than than those games. So yeah, yeah. yeah I've I've really I, I've only played the board game with you guys, and I have really really fond memories of that game. Um, and one of my fond, fondest memories of, of Couscous Phone was uh, uh-huh. <laughs> we were playing it, and we had a friend what who did you just say? uh couscous phone uh yeah he i mean you guys probably remember this we had a friend who just like staked his entire claim in a round on building a giant city um oh god and you know you have to pull tiles that like match to close the city and you know he just kept making it bigger and bigger and it became harder to close and eventually it became so big that it like started merging with other cities on the board which other people controlled so suddenly it became a race of like now he has to put down more meeple on his turn like he has to waste them if he wants to get the city and i think he just like didn't wasn't able to do it in the end you know it just became like so unruly and he just blew a ton of points put into a corner because he had to have like a city piece on three sides but it had to be a road on the fourth side and there's only a set amount of those yeah and i think they had already been used but i remember that being yeah, that, that or somebody that else drew. did i do that no i think it was me uh, i don't remember who screwed him over but yeah 
Uh, but that I remember that game though. That was a really cool memory of it because that was like such a moment of like this guy is trying to like build this this gigantic like metropolis in the middle of this game, you know, and it became like a storyline within the game of like is he going to finish the city? Do we stop him? Immersion storyline in our board game. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just the way that game uses territory, I agree, is is brilliant, and the fact that it's so simple lends itself to having I think moments like that, you know, where Instead of focusing on, like, all right, what's my turn? You're really focusing on, like, how is this territory, this land, like, shaping up? And and what are the narratives that kind of... You get to have actual interaction with other players rather than, like, I need to focus on my turn and I'm going to do this and I'm going to buy this and I'm going to do this. Yeah. Um, Right. And I mean, I'm also trying to think of video games that use territory and the ones that come to mind are, like, Civilization. Although I wouldn't say that that use of territory is strictly simple Mm -hmm. like the games have only gotten more complex in how they deal with uh expanding your borders as time has gone on yeah uh Mm -hmm. up until i mean what are we on six now yeah we're on six and Mm -hmm. it's gotten even more like they just keep adding more mechanics to it and Mm -hmm. it makes the game more interesting but also like you can't just pick it up and play it in the same way that you can play something like carcassonne yep Mm -hmm. you gotta invest like 10 hours in learning just the rules and mechanics (laughs) yeah jesus uh yeah yeah dave did you have any thoughts or are you, are you no good? i i was talking to g about this earlier about how just i wish i played more board games because i just don't have that much experience but at the same time how like every almost every board game i can think of has some form of territory usage it, most board games could probably fit into the category of territory mm-hmm. yeah and i don't know if it's just, just because it's a physical thing so you're actually putting down pieces or what or just because it's a board that you're using. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. like, but I mean, talk, even fucking Monopoly. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was going to talk shit. about, um, well, I guess Monopoly. But I'm, but just all those other, uh, Settlers of Catan and stuff like that, like that you mm-hmm. mentioned. Like when you were talking about this game, those are the games that came up in my mind. Yeah. Um, but you're saying that these mechanics are even more simple than Catan, which seems crazy to me. And I really want to try this game now. Yeah, we should all get together. Oh, you haven't played Carcassonne? No, we I haven't. Do it next Hell Night. Yeah, the yeah, digital yeah. version at Hell Night. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, like, we can tie Monopoly to video games. There's Nintendopoly. I've played it. Listen, there's Pokemon Monopoly. There's Nintendo. Like, there's all these Dogopoly. That's a Dog. good one. We can't go into this. There's Create Your Ownopoly. I used to have that. You could literally. What? They had a software. They had a software that you could um, make your own tiles, huh. essentially. Like it was, this was, you know, a long time ago, so it wasn't that advanced, but like you could name your own tiles, pick colors, uh, potentially put new images on them and you could print them out. And it was a whole kind of like blank canvas board that you could customize and show off to your friends that don't want to play Monopoly because that game takes forever and someone ends up getting really angry. Dude, I love Monopoly. Yeah, I'm I'm a Monopoly fan. No, you don't. No one likes that game. Don't fucking lie on this podcast. I love Monopoly. I own it. I always want people to play. We'll play it next Hell Night. Next Hell Night. Monopoly. All right. Okay. So that's the that's the uh, the kind of ending theme of this episode, right? Uh, M- Monopoly. No one likes Monopoly. No, no one except Greg likes Monopoly. I like Monopoly. Wait, there's a special edition called Anti-Monopoly? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> it's, what? It's Anti-Monopoly. Like you don't try um, and build a Monopoly? You try to tear down the system? You try to sell it all away. I don't... It's just a... Listen, if there's if there's a th- if this is like like some internet rule, 
right? It's like if if something exists, there's a monopoly. Yeah, porn right. monopoly. It, right? Oh, yeah. I you know, so can yeah, we please can we please Come end on. this podcast before I start pieces? googling porn monopoly? What are the pieces of monopoly in porn monopoly? Uh, please, we, dildo, please sign us off. Please sign us off, guys. That right. ain't us. Anyway, thanks, that ain't us, thanks for guys. listening, everybody. Hey, okay, <laughs> Wait, so no. <laughs> yeah, we're done with this. Uh, but there's fuck. a Boston College edition of Monopoly. All right, so uh, want to say thank How you to Robot Princess for the use of their song Claudia off the album Tentacles. You can find it wherever good music is streamed. Go have Brett's yourself a good listen before Colin to you know block out Colin's <laughs> porn talk. Uh, if you want to reach out to, Listen, to us we've been in some talking way. about nips all day. How can you get achieve Oh, why did I click images? Why did I click images? <laughs> okay, if you want to reach out uh, to us. Clintonopoly. Uh, oh, God. Hold on, whether to this. suggest a new topic or to uh, bring something up that we talked about. Hopefully not any of this stuff we're talking about right now. Uh, you can find us at LTRTCast. Despicable Me is, Edition. It's all one word. Uh, it's on Twitter. Uh, you could also potentially use that. Oh, fuck. You could also potentially use the hashtag LZRTCast, and I'll take a gander that way and see if Colin what. What did I do? Why is the Monopoly oh, I man you had... sexual All right, well, goat? Well, there's Clintonopoly. Okay, anyway. I'm sorry. Hold on. We need to mute both G and, and Colin at this point. Cool. Let's... Are Let's we ending this? Let's end this. Our cool outro. What is our cool uh, ghettoopoly? That's gonna be <laughs> shitty. <laughs> I can't believe that. It's still up. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Join us next time on. Wait, why are you highlighting this? Stop. Hindenburg Monopoly. Say it, eh? Join us next time on uh, Kiss Left Trigger, Right Trigger, and Kiss. Won't, Won't you? you? Won't you? Won't you? Won't you? Edition of Monopoly. <laughs>